Welcome to the Passion Harvest podcast audio series. Thank you so much for listening today. I am Louisa, your host, International Passion Ambassador. If you would like to watch this episode, please head over to our Passion Harvest channel on YouTube. We love taking you on a journey to discover your passions. Thanks for listening. Hello, passionate listeners, and welcome to Passion Harvest. My name is Patrick Herbert, and I am the host of your show, International Passion Ambassador. I've got a really exciting guest today, and if you like this interview, please subscribe. My incredibly exciting and incredibly inspiring guest today is someone who you may recognize. Her name is, of course, Louisa, and where you would know her as the host of the amazing podcast, Passion Harvest. Today, she is not the host, but is here as the guest. The reasons for this are simple. The viewers of Passion Harvest want to know. They have requested this interview, and um, we have teamed up to make this happen. Every episode, we see her beautiful face and beautiful accent, asking beautiful questions and getting beautiful answers. But who is Louisa really? What makes her tick? We know that her passion, or we know what her passion is, but what inspired her to that passion? And today is the day we're going to find out, and I'm truly honored to be the one giving the interview. So, Louisa, welcome to Passion Harvest, your show. Good to have you as a guest. <laughs> Why, thank you. That was such a beautiful introduction, Patrick. And thank you for being my interviewer today. I'm a bit nervous, but I kind of figure it's karmic because I'm such a nice interviewer that it's going to be an awesome, juicy episode. So um, nope. I'm ready to dive right in. I've had lots of emails, people wanting to know, I guess, about me since I'm always interviewing people. Yeah, what, may, what makes me tick? What is my story? What is my background? And how did I live my dream life? How did I live a passionate life? So, yeah, I'm well, ready great. to share that. I, I, you might not know this about me, but I'm ac actually quite a, a private person. <laughs> but since this conversation is only between us. <laughs> <laughs> um, but my reasons are to share part of my journey, pieces of me and parts of my story, is that so it may inspire others to find their passion and follow their bliss and um, embrace the journey of life. Well, that's awesome. Awesome. Good to, good to have you on your show. Um, so I, I, I don't want to, uh, to waste any time over here. Let's see. This is about as equivalent as you get to a live episode because like you said, you're going to post it right after we're done. So that's exciting. We get to see answer results. So let's begin. All right, Louisa, let's go back to your childhood. Tell us a little bit about your upbringing. Was there anything out of the ordinary? Was it pretty, pretty traditional upbringing? This is a question I always ask my guests and it's so hard now being the interviewee, pivotal moments. I was thinking about it and um, look, I had a, you know, I, I had a great childhood. My parents actually separated when I was six and I can't even imagine them being together. When I think back about sort of some sort of metaphysical or spiritual experiences, I think all children have that capability. And I've obviously spoken to lots of guests on the show about the, the, um, right brain and the frontal lobe cortex as it closes as we mature and how it's not nurtured by those that don't understand. I think um, probably when I was younger, around about eight or 10, the pivotal moment for me is my parents didn't believe in immunization. And I <clears throat> got German measles, but also measles at the same time. And for 10 days, I just remember being so sick in bed and I actually thought I was going to die. Um, I don't, I remember snippets, snippets of it. I remember my father carrying me to an ice bath to cool my temperature down. I remember um, wanting 
wanting um, spaghetti toasted sandwiches, spaghetti bolognese toasted sandwiches. <laughs> I don't know why my grandmother used to make them. I don't eat meat anymore, but I, w I kept asking for it. And that I remember, and they kept saying, okay, okay, but it never came because obviously I was even too sick to eat. I could barely drink water. And it was an out-of-body experience. I do remember getting very, very big and very, very small. It was almost as I was, as if I was um, energetically upgrading and my energy was flowing out. So that was quite a pivotal experience in my life. And, and after that point in time, um, I started connecting with not by want or not by... Um, desire I was still too young and you know I started connecting with ghosts or spirits and for you know for a young girl with parents that had no inclination towards that it was kind of scary I remember so after I've recovered from the illness obviously I'm still here um, <laughs> I would have this ghost or this spirit every night as I closed my eyes and lay down on the bed and this happened for about 10 years and it would talk to me but nothing nothing recognizable it was almost like it was singing but the singing got louder and louder and every time i sat up it stopped or every time i had someone to lie next to me it stopped so i would beg my father often to lie next to me and hold my hand until i fell asleep and it wouldn't happen it eventually stopped in about my mid-teens but i did ask a psychic uh, a couple of years ago, what was it? And she said, your psychic abilities were so open and there was a, a spirit, not necessarily negative one that was lost and didn't know how to communicate um, and saw that you had some sort of ability or some um, openness to the astral or the ether to try and get your attention in some way. But for a child, it was pretty scary. And I still do today. <laughs> Sometimes you know, I catch myself, I sleep with a blanket over my ear. It's just a habit and it never happens now. And obviously, you know, I'm very different. I know how to protect myself and I'm a completely different, much greater person than I was um, that little girl. But I guess that's my younger experiences just to express that. Wow. That is incredibly fascinating. Truly it is because um, that's a, that's a rare occurrence in that, especially for you, that sets the stage for, for what's to come as an adult. So uh, obviously with these experiences, you were, you were very receptive to the supernatural, um, to uh, metaphysical occurrences and, and, and such. Um, tell us a little bit about uh, the young you, the, through the college years. Like uh, as a young woman, what were you like? What was, I was going on? I was, I was terrible. I, I really was terrible. <laughs> I think, you know, I hit that teenage stage and looked around at my peers and, you know, all spiritual stuff just went out the door and I was interested in going out to parties and like just climbing out the window. And I was, I feel sorry for my poor mother now, actually. Um, yes. And then I hit 19 and I moved to Byron Bay, which is a beautiful um, coastal town. And I was kind of like an upmarket hippie, if you want to call it that. And, you know, I tried everything and went to see gurus and all those sort of things. But um, I still wasn't confident with Louisa. I didn't know who Louisa, looking back, I didn't know who Louisa was and I probably didn't know what I want. And, I'm, you know, it's an ever-evolving process and I'm still learning. Um, yeah, and then I, I think I just followed what other people wanted too much. I never trusted, and I'm only learning to do it now, and I'm still learning, I'm to trust what feels right for me, to trust my inner guidance, to trust my intuition. and 
I wish I'd done it sooner, but then I guess I wouldn't be the person I am today if, if I hadn't had those learning lessons along the way. Well, awesome. Okay, so um, one of the things I know about you is you're, you had a first marriage and you have two wonderful daughters. So tell us a little bit about uh, that first marriage. I, I believe um, uh, that this happened to be a catalyst for further growth. Well, pretty much everything is catalyst for growth. Um, so tell us a little bit about that that story. Just to, just to set the record straight, the first marriage there's only been one. So <laughs> yeah, okay. The, the first the, the just the just, first just wanted to clarify that. Um, you know, I was evaluating that, and it was a very uh, troubled time. Looking back, I realized, you know, I absolutely gave my freedom away. I guess I was in my mid twenties, and um, you know, wanted to have children and get married. And when I um, gave myself away to the highest bidder, I don't even like that terminology, but when I was, I, I was in love with the idea of falling in love. And I guess I was so out of touch with myself, I didn't stop to think. And, you know, it happened very quickly and we married and had children. And I lost myself slowly in that marriage as many women and very many men do as well with children and marriage. And it became a vicious cycle of unhappiness and fear, fear of so many things and so many ridiculous things. And, you know, I'm always believe of the premise that 100%, this is what I work with my clients on, that we do create our reality. And I take 100% responsibility for that. Uh, looking back, it was not a happy marriage. It was a karmic marriage. He was not always a kind man um, at all, but I'm utterly grateful. I'm utterly grateful for those lessons because again, I wouldn't be the person I was today. And if I held on to that victim mentality, which again, I coach with so many of my clients that, you know, if you hold on to that victim mentality, you're never going to be free. You can never move forward in your life. Um, until you're utterly grateful for all the lessons and all the learning lessons and the challenges and conflicts along the way that make you the person that you are right now at this point in time. Well, that's great. Yeah, that's, that's so true. Everything you're saying. And, um, and I understand that story too. And what you're saying is absolutely true. Uh, when it comes to men also lose themselves and that's what happened to me in my first marriage. You know, Um, so many people, I mean, I just got the visual that, you know, all the time, the whole time, I was trapped and I held the key around my neck and everyone holds their own key to the jail cell. Mm -hmm. We we hold it ourselves, but you know, we get trapped in these sort of narrow patterns of reality and um, we never realize that we can actually choose to be free. That is so, that is so very true. Okay. So now let's get to the, uh, the best part of this. Oh my God. What's the next question? (laughs) Well, of course we, you know, we, we, as passion harvest makes an impact and there have been a lot of very good guests on it. So including yourself. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. I was, I was completely honored to, to, uh, to be a guest as I am completely honored to be the host. Um, so the, you know, and, and how you came across me, you came across one of my articles and, uh, and reached out to me. Um, and all these other wonderful people and the, the amazing stories from near-death experiences, which I've noticed uh, seem to trend a little bit higher in terms of viewers mm-hmm. on your side. Okay, so you've been asking all of us how we got to our passion. Um, what about you? How did you? How did this come about? Where did Passion Harvest, Luisa? I wanna, I wanna do Passion Harvest come from? How did this become your passion? 
Well, I mean, looking back, it's very easy. I always talk about passion. You know, it's your passion is your internal guidance system. It what it's what makes you feel good. It what it's what lights you up. It's what brings you joy when you jump out of bed. And so often we forget to follow those patterns because we're so entrenched in the life that we're living. We're so um, out of touch that we actually do live in a hologram and we do, everything is a mirror and we do create our reality. So I guess the pivotal point was I was in a corporate role in a very unhappy, unhealthy marriage. And I didn't know, I didn't know how to get out. I, I didn't know what to do. Obviously looking back, I could have just jumped, but maybe I'm a slow learner. And I, at the time I was fearful. I was very fearful. You see fear is such a low vibration and it holds us captive in so many ways. And I realized I had to change my life. And I, I guess the main um, principles and foundations that I worked on is number one, that I do create my reality. Number two, I had to get happy. And it sounds really easy, but it's hard. It's hard to be happy all the time when you're in an unhappy, loveless marriage and in a, a job that you drag your weary body to every morning. But I thought if I can be happy in this environment, if I can be happy in these situations that don't bring me joy, well, I'm only going to create and facilitate and um, magnetize more happiness in my life. So I call it the sign of the leaf. I'm in my corporate role and I started listening to Abraham Hicks, who I, I just love her. And she's such an incredible foundational stone for me. And I started meditating basically for five minutes a day. And each lunchtime I would go out to the park across the road and see, I was so filled with fear. I was so worried what my colleagues would think. I'd actually look up to the sun and I was, I was really, really meditating, but I was pretending the sun was in my eyes in case anyone saw me from the office. And I realized that this part of the day was the best time of my day. You know, being in nature, sitting in the sun, being alone, being quiet, reflecting. It made me so happy. And I picked up a leaf. It was a gum leaf. It was just a simple gum leaf that fell down from a tree and I thought it was beautiful and I took it back to my office and I hid it behind my desk and would take it out just in case so no one saw it. And I took it, you know, I would take it out occasionally and look at it if I was having a fearful or a stressful day. And, you know, <laughs> I always say to people, you can deny your soul's journey, your innermost wants and desires, but sometimes the universe has a way of pulling you kicking and screaming if you don't adhere to your guidance system. And, I was asked to leave my role and it was terrifying, but it made me so happy. Sometimes, you know, I realize now that if the universe hadn't pushed me, I might never have jumped. And looking back as well, I was physically sick in the role. It, like the, it hurt my body. My body got sick, nothing, nothing terrible, but I didn't have a choice but to leave. And as I packed up my office and USB and a few books and a few papers, I found the, the leaf behind the, the computer, which I still have, I think somewhere I have to find it, but it was shriveled and it was dead. And I took it with me and I realized it was almost like a metaphor. It's like, God, Louise, you're yeah. such a slow learner. 
if you hadn't had left, you would have turned up like that shriveled dead leaf behind your computer. I mean, I wouldn't be dead. Louisa would still be alive, but I would be a shell of the person that I ever would be or could be. So, okay, Louisa, so yeah. are you living your passion? Yes, I am. Yeah. And it's, you know, passions change. Nothing's, we're not locked into narrow patterns. Passions change. And once you achieve certain passions, you know, you write another list. But it's always really important to get clear. I always say you can't hit a target if you can't see the bullseye. So it's so important to write your passions out. Yes, I'm living my passions. I am living my dream life. I'm living in my dream home. I interview these incredible light workers across the globe that in some way, I mean, I just can't believe I get to do this. It's so amazing and it's growing and growing. And not only that, I, uh, I get to give back. I mean, I get a lot of emails and a lot of correspondence about how, you know, that episode, you know, I really thought about that and whether it taught me about God or taught me about my son who had died, it really activated something within me. And with the guests I have on the show, people often ask, how do you get all these guests? And aside from that, how do they say yes? I don't know. I just say it's divine guidance. And I was thinking about it the other day and I had this vision of the globe with all these lights around the globe. And I knew then that um, I was an ambassador for Passion Harvest. I was just the facilitator of Passion Harvest. And we were lighting up all these parts of the globe. And I do know now, and I got the term, it was called Soul Family Star Alliance. And I do know that all the guests on the show are part of my soul family. And that's why... It does so well. That's why there's such a resonance and potentially that's why they usually always say yes. Oh, that's awesome. I'm so glad to hear that. <laughs> um, so let's, I wanted to recircle again back and talk about a little bit about your, your, uh, your psychic abilities. Mm -hmm. um, also, uh, I, I did not know that you had a son and you did have mentioned that and I wasn't sure if maybe you wanted to talk about that or if that had any uh, life. Well, obviously it would have a lot of life changing um, uh, consequences but um how do you feel about that conversation about what your son what about him didn't you say you had a son who passed no i oh. mean if people people have contacted me i was giving oh, example so, <laughs> so the episodes inspire people or activate people or provide some comfort to people in some way if they have had a son or a family member that's passed oh okay i completely i completely misheard that so it's you okay. Might want to edit. I that do out. this all. No, 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 no. I I stuff up all the time. Okay, so let's let's circle back. That's what I was saying. I was like, I never heard that you had a son before. So, all right, let's so let's circle back to your psychic abilities. And this actually, I know where what what you where you referred to. That's my that. phone. I'm so sorry. That's terrible. I thought I turned it off. Sorry. No, that's okay. It'll that stop. In one interview. <laughs> should I wait or should I just go ahead? It's really not that loud. I can barely hear okay, it. Okay, perfect, perfect. We'll just keep going. Okay. I do apologize. So we, I'm really, um, really sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. This is your show after all. Yeah. Um, we like a bit what, of music, I always say, like Passion Harvest. Hearing what your, how your phone rings all the time. Now the viewers know exactly what you hear when your <laughs> phone rings. <laughs> I, should get, I should get a better tune. <laughs> I think that's the Sorry, one. sorry, sorry. Please okay, so, ahead. all right, let's go back to um, the, your, a discussion on, on your psychic abilities. Because these... I uh, have been blown away by, um, and, and you, uh, you had received some communications and, and did mm -hmm. some channeling uh, when we first started talking to each other. Yeah. And, um, and they were, of course, uh, uh, right up in relation with my own experiences. So to me, I got a first-hand confirmation in that one. 
regarding, you know, your psychic abilities. And I was, yeah. you know, I was blown away. And I know that you've had successive situations that have been remarkable. Um, I, I'm curious, uh, now we know that this all began when you were a child, or, or young, and you had those, but you didn't quite understand what was going mm -hmm. on. But as an adult, how have these served you? How do they function? And, and, and how, you know, how, how, what, what do you do with these, this remarkable ability? Besides, of course, well, I don't know if it's remarkable. I, I, I think anyone has this capability. It's a want and a desire where energy, where focus goes, energy flows. Um, and they're growing more and more because I'm interested in them. And I almost explain it like it's, um, you know, there's many dimensions that we're in and layers and levels. It's just a matter of tapping into that different level or that different layer that's not in another country or that's not in another place. It's right here, right now. I found that, you know, working with my psychic abilities and encouraging them, and this has happened, you know, definitely accelerated rapidly in the last year and a half. And one of the, one of the things with all my guests on the show, weird and wacky and amazing, amazing light workers, they trust themselves. And I thought, Louisa, you better start trusting yourself here with the guidance that you're receiving. <clears throat> so, Yes, incredible things happen. And, and, and what's even more amazing with my passion mentoring and my clients that I love, I've noticed I do an energy reading. I read their energy before the session, usually the day before, and it's so accurate of what's holding them back from their passions, what's holding them back from freedom, what are the elements of their life that they need to work on. And I always say with my clients, you know, you are your own best healer. No one can ever really heal you. Someone can be a catalyst for healing and growth and change, but I only really mirror and reflect back what you need to clear, heal and release to move forward in your life. And, you know, when you talk about accuracies, it's amazing to see the growth of the people and it's amazing them to, to see, wow, you know, I hadn't thought about that, but you're absolutely right. And it's not about being right. I don't mind whether, whether I'm wrong or not, or they hadn't thought about it. But anyway, I'm digressing off the subject. <laughs> I, I'll tell you an instance. I, and I don't, I, I don't, I have connected with people that have passed on a few occasions. I think it happened when my sister died two years ago. And it's not, it's not scary. It's basically like someone having a conversation without, uh, without them, without you hearing them, you hear them in your head. And it's, 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 it's just a knowing that you know, and you can have this whole conversation. Well, a man most recently contacted me about afterlife and, you know, said I've interviewed all these people who had, had near-death experiences. I'm desperate. My son's died. What do you think? I, I you know, I, I don't know what to do. And I guess I just used my intuition and I said, and I don't do this as a service, but I, I my heart broke for this man. And <clears throat> I said, look, I'm about to meditate I can't do it at will. Well, I don't know how to it yet, but often if I can try and connect with your son, don't give me his name. Don't tell me anything. If it can offer you some uh, comfort, I'll try and connect with him and see if he has any messages for you. So it came very quickly and very clearly and so quickly that I literally put my phone on record and then I typed it up for him. And I thought, you know what, I'm just going to go with it. Even, you know, minute details from a wedding ring to uncles. It was very, very, very specific. And I cried a lot. And <laughs> I think, you know, I don't cry. I, I don't, I shouldn't say I don't cry. I very, very rarely cry. I think we, 
usually cry when we don't understand. And, and at this point in my life, well, I'm always learning, actually, I've learned that more recently, but, um, <laughs> and I'm always open to new learning. And I think one has to always be, but um, I don't really cry because I generally understand. And my heart broke for this man and I sent him the letter and he was blown away and he couldn't believe it. Like it was so accurate. And his son was giving him all these beautiful messages and he asked me for more. And I said, I don't, you know, that was it. I don't have any more to give. I don't have any more information, but I also was given the guidance that it wasn't only the words and the specific de details. Cause I always ask for validation, not to make sure I'm right, but just to validate that, you know, this is the energy entity that I'm connecting with. And um, I was told that it's not only the words on the piece of paper, the, the way it had been written was almost like a labyrinth. So the more he read it, um, the more it would comfort him and the more it would connect him with his son who had passed. So that was that's one really interesting thing. Another thing that's happened to me most recently, which is wacky and bizarre and crazy, but you know, I'm just going with the flow and embracing this is, I've been able to talk to souls. I can't do everyone. I think you have to resonate with certain frequencies. I've been able to communicate with animals very, very, very clearly. And a couple of times last week, and this is kind of strange, if I've seen people, the next day I'll get a message. So, and I know it's for them. It's almost like I liken it to picking up a telephone line. And, you know, I guess in the olden days, if you're not, if you're not that, um, young you could have a cross line so it's almost like a cross line so i'm not intentionally doing it i pick up the the telephone line and i know it's a message coming through for someone else and it's happened a couple of times and i receive it a couple of hours before but then i'll text the person whether it's a friend or a client or an acquaintance and i'll say look i've got a message for you and every single time so far they've said oh my god i've got exactly the same message so that's, you know, it's another validation and I don't know where this is going and I don't know, you know, how this eventuate, but it's exciting and I love helping people and I love seeing um, all that they can become. So, and I've so, also, okay. yeah. That, so that's okay. That's, that was, you, you answered my, what my next question was going to be. I oh, was, really? Uh, I, that always happens. <laughs> what was no, it? It's great. It was, um, well, and, and you could still expand on this, um, you know, okay, so we have the psychic abilities that are kind of coming in and you're realizing that you've got this incredible gift that we all have if we tap into it, like you had mm -hmm. said, which I, I know to be very true. Um, uh, and, and like me, whenever it at all started, and I'm still trying to make sense of, of some of the stuff and I, you know, where, where I go with this in my life. So with you, um, I guess you're kind of in the same kind of boat. You're just one, waiting to see where it goes and it gets stronger and stronger as time goes on. Mm -hmm. So you, you, where do you see yourself? Um, let's say it might not be that might, I mean, we kind of, we're both go with the flow kind of people. So that's kind of, <laughs> well, I do, I do have future memories world. So, Oh, you do? Okay. So, so give us, give us some future memories. Where, where's Louisa going to be? Uh, I know, well, I know people, <laughs> has been a, a word that I've heard often described. Yes, I've been, well, two, two parts. I've been a side thing. I'm fascinated by ley lines, grid lines, dragon lines. So for the last year, I've been connecting and um, doing some work on mending the energetic lines of the earth. And I've just been going with that. And some of the, the experiences have been incredible, not on location, off location. But I have been mapping a, 
a location in Germany for the last year, year and a half. And I've got it down to within a 10 kilometer radius. And I just know I have to go to this place. I think it's going to be 2021. But people, someone said, why are you doing this? Why are you interested? I don't know. It's like this thing that's overtaking me. And I know I've, I'm fascinated by this location. And for some reason, I need to go there. I do believe it's near the Cologne line, the Dragon Cologne line in Germany. But that's a complete um, side digress again. So future memory. <laughs> I'll tell you a story. A very, very, very true story. And the reason I'm going to share this is because it's another example of how important it is to trust your intuition, trust your guidance, trust your heart. And people say, well, I can't connect with my heart. The more you try, practice makes perfect. So uh, beginning of last year, I started having these future memories. They're not premonitions. They're very real fragmented fractal pieces of a reality and I have seen past lives and I probably won't go into that on this episode but I'm happy to do it in another one um so I'm walking along the street and this is not when I'm sleeping and then I'll see a, a vision a future memory of Louisa I know it's Louisa I know it's not a different soul in a different body so it started, I remember I was walking through the city and I thought, oh my God, this is really bizarre what's happening to me. And I saw myself in this car and I'm driving along in the car. I'm very disoriented. So I'm living two lives. I'm living Louisa and a future Louisa while I'm still walking down the street in this now. And I was in a car and I would see, I knew I was being picked up from the airport and I'd look out the window and I'd see rows and rows of trees. I know that we were driving a very long way and I see a man next to me and I thought, oh, and I, I knew I wasn't scared. Obviously it was very disorientating the first time it happened, but I wasn't scared. And music was playing, the windows were open. You know, I can remember minute details. I know the seats were leather. I just wasn't sure where we were going and it kept happening probably once a month, but Sometimes I'd be in the front with this man some, and I knew we were going home to some home. I didn't know where we were. I knew it was in Europe. I knew I was on the other side of the, I, I look back now knowing that I was not in the driver's seat because the, the left and right driving capabilities are different. <laughs> um, and I kept having these visions. So the music was playing, the windows were open and I believed this man to be a lover of, in some capacity or we were in a relationship and it wasn't coming from a want or desire or a need for another person. It was just very, very real. And I couldn't at will put myself in this situation. It just kind of happened. It almost is like I traveled to a different dimensional reality because I, I'm becoming more of the belief that past, present, future are now. We can change our past. We have our now the most likely probable future. It can always be changed. We do have free will, but this is the most likely possible occurrence of your timeline of reality as Louisa. So the next time I'm transported to the house and it's so weird. I, I'm, I'm not my physical body as Louisa. I'm on the astral. So <clears throat> I'm a soul. I'm an uh, energetic body and but I knew I was Louisa and I could go through this house and I could walk through this house. And then, I mean, I, in minute detail of the house, I can see the bedroom, I can see the cupboards and 
I would position myself. <laughs> I don't know how this happened. I'd position myself in a cupboard as the soul of Louisa, but I think Peter Panagor talked about it. I was all seeing and all knowing. So it didn't matter that I was in a cupboard. I was still a soul. I was still an energetic matter and I didn't have eyes, but I could see everything. I could see everything that was happening in the house. And I would see this man, the man I'd been traveling in the car with. And each time this happened, maybe five or six times over about six months, he'd go upstairs, up, upstairs, up the stairs onto the second level of the, the, the building and calling me. I don't think he was calling Louisa, but he was calling me. I could tell he was calling my soul. So again, the man, I had no idea what he looked like in his physical form. I had no idea of his name. I grew very familiar with his soul. And so I, I knew it was a male. I could see his energetic body and I knew his soul. It's almost like, you know, a loved one, when you think back about them, you don't necessarily think about what they look like. You think about how they made you feel and that familiarity, that's what it was. And he would call me and I would try and call out to him to say, I'm here, but he never heard me. And then about the end of last year, which is 2019, um, I'm in the cupboard <laughs> and he looks up and he sees me. And it was then, I mean, if we had eyes, we would have locked eyes, but we didn't have eyes, but our souls recognize each other. He recognized my soul. And I knew then that he, this man would come and find me. Didn't know when. <clears throat> I did believe it was 2020. So <clears throat> after that, as I said, I, I couldn't do this at will. I was just Louisa now one day. And then I was a future Louisa living a future soul astral projection and it wasn't when I was sleeping necessarily this could be when I'm typing on the computer or walking down the street or sitting in the park and then the next time that it happened about six seven eight times I would be transported to his room he'd be asleep so his I knew his consciousness his body was asleep and I gave the man this name Edward knowing that his name was not Edward but you know we we tend in our humanness to give spirit guides or people or souls names and it, it's just what happened and I would go and see Edward and I would kiss him on the cheek and I would whisper in his ear Edward come and find me I don't know why I was doing this I just knew I had to do it and then I would curl up next to him and go to sleep this happened about seven or eight times and I just knew this is a future memory this is this was very very real I saw many other things which I won't necessarily go into because uh, right now, but so, <laughs> you know, I, and I want to say this is about, <laughs> about knowing two weeks ago, I get an email and I get a lot of emails and everyone that's listening. Thank you so much. I love the emails and I really appreciate the feedback and my admin skills aren't always amazing. Yes, they, they're, they're pretty good. And I always get back to you. So give me a few days to get back you back to you, but I really do appreciate all the you know the con the support and correspondence from all of you so i get this email from this man and you know it talks about his attributes and what he's done and it's kind of like a copy and paste from a dating site and i think oh okay you know <laughs> okay but then he goes into his heart and i do believe in synchronicities i very very much do and he talks about i might you know i've had a nde i don't want to talk about it i don't want to be recorded but i might be able to help you on your quest this is a this is just as I was about to reply and say, thank you very much, but 
um, you know, for the offer to meet up on Zoom. I, I'm, he, he, he was in another country. You know, I'm very busy at this point, but when he talked about Quest, I'd just done an interview with Diana Durham who talked about the Quest for the Holy Grail, the King Arthur Chronicles, which is an incredible book. And her show hasn't been released yet, but it will be released shortly. And the quest for the Holy Grail, the Holy Grail is the golden chalice. And the golden chalice is the secret of life, the, the secret of love, the secret of birth and death, the secret of eternity, the secret of everything. So I thought, you know what, I'm just going to go with this and send him, reply to him and say, you know what, yes, I'll meet for a Zoom link. And we corresponded, but that night I went to sleep, didn't sleep all night. And I thought I got up in the morning and I, I can ask my guidance. I don't know whether you want to call it spirit guide, soul, higher consciousness. And I always, always now with practice get very, very clear, definite answers. It's usually a yes or a no, but it's very, very clear and very, very accurate. So I asked what it was and, and, the more I progressed, I almost get the questions to ask. It's like they're pushing me to ask the questions, which is kind of bizarre, but it is. And so, you know, I asked, what is it? Why, why couldn't I sleep? Why was I thinking about this person? You know, I'm so complete and I'm so living a passionate life. And what is it? This is really strange. You know, him talking about the quest and I didn't know I had a quest. And so I'm asking all these questions and I ask this ridiculous question that, you know, is utterly stupid. I thought utterly stupid. And I asked the question, I said, is this man Edward? And the answer came back as yes. And I thought, oh my God, I'm not ready for this. This can't be true. And I asked and asked again. And I kept getting the answer back as yes. I was utterly freaked out, by the way. So I asked about other men, not that I was necessarily interested in others, but I asked, I said, you know, is this, could this be Edward? It always came back as a no. And then I thought, oh my God, what am I going to do? You know, uh, I, I'm just not ready. It's such a shock. And, you know, it's one thing to meet in the astral and meet souls, but, you know, to, to have this physical manifestation. And I've realized now I'm such a powerful manifester. But, you know, yes, it's one thing to talk telepathically and connect. But when it comes into the physical form, it's a bit of a shock. So we'd agree, agreed for a week later to meet for a Zoom meeting and I was nervous and anticipating it. But the night before I got, again, I was talking to his soul, not physically talking, telepathically talking. And often souls are very different from our personality. You know, the personality is a construct, um, a coping mechanism we use to live in this humanist, to live in this world that we trespass, pass along on our journey. And it was a very clear guidance. His soul said to me, you, he, uh, he, you know, he's, he's contacted you for a reason. And he's contacted you because he, obviously the soul knew, but he wanted his consciousness to know this man. Um, he's contacted you because he wants to know the question. He has a question to ask you. Are you the person I saw in the cupboard? Are you the person that came to me at night to ask to find me? And his soul said, obviously, the answer is yes, it was me. And I replied, I can't do that. There's no way I'm going to do that. How could I possibly do that? Are you crazy? <laughs> so I'm fretting about it, thinking about it. And I realized, you know, I preach passion and I pe preach, you know, finding your freedom. And I, I preach all of these incredible things. And I thought, you know, Louisa, if you do this, this is the ultimate surrender. This is the most vulnerable you'd ever been. This 
is the culmination of everything you've come to be in this life so far. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter his answer. It didn't matter. Well, it didn't, I would have liked the right answer, but it didn't matter at the end of the day because I'd given, I would be offering this man my heart and my soul and the deep depths of my being to him. I didn't know him. I didn't know his personality. But if I did this, it was not determined. My happiness wouldn't be determined on his response because we can never be responsible for another person. We can't be responsible for how they react. We can only deliver our message, which is what it's all about. And if we stay true to our heart and true to our honesty and integrity, at the end of the day, it's how you showed up. It's, it's about the journey. And so we met on Zoom and we chatted and I'm so nervous. And I'm thinking, Louise, you've got to do this. And I said, you know, there's something he told me about his NDE, which was very brief. And we were chatted and we had a great time. And there was a lot of chemistry. And then I said, you know, I, I ha have something to tell you. And I literally can't remember even the whole conversation, but I told him everything. And it was a relief. It was an utter relief. So I, the reason I'm telling you this, and it was a very personal exchange. Um, I was offering my heart and my soul. This was my gift to him. That, that, this was the ultimate gift and I wanted nothing in return. You see, I came from a place of, I was complete. I didn't uh, want a partner. I didn't want a partner because I had a neediness with inside me. I did it because it was just a pure love. I did it because I wasn't lacking and I didn't need a reward for what I was doing. That was my energy, energetic exchange, my gift to him. And so I did it. And it was the most vulnerable, most utter surrendering thing I'd ever done in my life. So my moral of the story is trust your intuition, do what, what you believe to be true with honesty and integrity. And it's okay to be vulnerable and it's scary. And, you know, we are human. We live in a, you know, there's always fear and fears come up. And like me, you know, once, once you get through one fear and I thought I was over that, another thing pops up. And if we can ride the currents, if we can ride the rip, I mean, I'm an ocean swimmer as well. I forgot to mention that, but, you know, I know very well and I don't always adhere to it. You never fight a rip. You can only accept it, surrender it to it, and it takes you out and then you can swim back into shore. But if we can ride those currents and acknowledge them and love, you know, and I'm learning to love that part of Louisa that's fearful, that humanist part of Louisa that has these fears and sometimes feels unworthy and sometimes is afraid and sometimes doesn't want to lose something which she doesn't even have. And, you know, the Louisa that gets angry sometimes, if we can learn and love those parts of ourselves, we can become a much more complete person. Wow. You do know there's going to be a part two to this, this interview <laughs> at some point, and we're going to have to see what, what goes on with that story. I'm, I'm particularly, I, I want to know. So, cause I, I know that uh, you've, you've talked to me about some of that. So that was, um, yeah, that's, that's exciting. Um, well, Louisa, this was, this was a lot of good information. I certainly hope that we've done, done good for the viewers. Uh, is there anything that you would like to add? I'm, 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 I know I'm going to get questions of what happened. <laughs> yeah, right. So I'm saying, so you could probably expect there's going to be a uh, request for part two. Um, do you want to, well, I think, do you want to talk about what Sure. Happened? I mean, in, in a brief summary, sure. And, and, and as I said, it's not determinant on um, the outcome. It was mm -hmm. all of me and it was my utter surrendering gift to him. Um, I knew he didn't consciously know that, but he felt something and something stirred in him and 
he was very appreciative and he said, I've never had a conversation like that. And we've been corresponding. So it's still to, to be continued, but obviously there's travel restrictions, international travel restrictions. So um, yeah, <laughs> that's it for now, but it will definitely be to be continued. That's very exciting. And um, well, cool. Um, so if there, like I said, if um, I, I'm certainly out of, of questions, if there's, uh, there's nothing that's springing to mind, but if there's anything that you want to add to this, anything that you feel, uh, that, that you want to get out there. And like I said, we are, I'm always available to do a part two or, or whatever, whatever the viewers want out more information or, or whatever. Is there anything? Yep. Uh, God, I always put my interviewees on the spot like this. <laughs> I have to be oh, more I mindful. I no, 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 um, no, no, not at all. Um, I guess just going off the back of that, we do create a reality. We are responsible for our thoughts, words, and actions, and we can change the way we perceive our reality and our reality can change through that process in any minute. So if you do go into a fear-based state or you're becoming negative, pivot, change, and don't think about it again. And don't say, I'm not going to think about that thing. I'm not going to think about that thing. Think about marshmallows. It doesn't matter because I trust me, if you're happy right now, or if you're in a joyful state, you know that the next moment of your reality, which is constantly changing and evolving, it's just that we keep seeing it as the same in our two-dimensional sight process to the third dimensional by our brain, but that's another story. But really, if you're feeling fearful and happy, do something that ma makes you feel good. Do something that lights you up. Go for a walk. Watch a movie. Um, kiss your husband. Uh, hug your child. Take your dog for a walk. And we really need to take responsibility that we do create our reality. It's not that hard. It is very hard, but it's pretty simple. And it's so important to follow your passions. And it's so important to do what lights you up because the more of that will come into this magnetic universe in which we live. And I honestly believe that the more grateful we are, the more we will find gratitude, the more things we will find to be grateful for, the more passionate we are, the more things we find to be passionate about and passion is changing and evolving like life because nothing remains stagnant. And if we can take all those lessons that we learned along the way as the greatest teaching tools that were ever given to us and remove that victim mentality and be utterly grateful and try and find joy, even if it's looking up at the sky or seeing a bird and taking note of synchronicities. You do have the power to change your life. You really, really do. And the life you want is far greater than the life you're living now. That was my big pivotal moment. The life I wanted for myself was far greater than the life I was living. So I took responsibility and I got happy. And I followed my passions and I followed what felt good. And I always believe, I truly, truly, and there's no exception to the rule, the universe will always support you if you follow this methodology. So thank you so much for listening to me and hearing pieces of my heart and pieces of my story. And I hope in some way it has inspired you or resonated with you or activated something within you that you may step a little lighter today. So thank you. Thanks, Patrick. Thank, thank you very much. Well, there it is, ladies and gentlemen. Um, and of course, you need to come to the Passion Host podcast to find out more information. And also, you could find more of these interviews, including uh, a, a new website at passionhost, I'm sorry, passionharvest.com. 
um, which is which looks great, by the way. Thank you very um, much. And and like I, I like we had said at the beginning, if you if you enjoyed this interview, please subscribe. And thank you, my guest Louisa. I, thank you for coming on Passion Harvest today. I hope everybody enjoyed this show. Um, and that's that's all. So okay. okay, well, thank you, everybody. Thank you. Bye for now. <laughs> That is the end of our passionate episode. Thank you so much for listening and please subscribe, leave a review, tell your friends and spread the passion. As always, every day, may you be more and more passionate.